0: let's get hyped for everyone's favorite game. Is it a rivalry? Is it not a rivalry? Nebraska versus Iowa on Black Friday. You have the 5-6 and six Nebraska Cornhuskers against the 8-3 and three Iowa Hawkeyes. On the day after Thanksgiving, I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunt. We are here to make oddly specific predictions, figure out which players will do well in this game, and give you a prediction on who will win in this year's contest for the very corporate highvee heroes trophy again featuring Nebraska and Iowa gentlemen how is that for a lead in introduction probably not as good as the first one which we could not air
1: <laughs> uh it was good. That was good. That you could have put that in on TV. That 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 would have that would have sold this game for B- BTN. Has this game right? Because it that didn't. Wasn't this going to be the game to decide the West? And they had it all built up around broadcasting it.
2: It is. Uh, Schaefer's initial opening probably would have only been able to be broadcast on HBO uh, after ten p.m. It was a little. It was crass.
0: There is no. some pay channel language being used. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and the last time I used some pay channel language, someone got real mad. And so we apparently can't do that. But uh, we'll, we'll avoid the pay channel language and we will just say this. Nebraska and Iowa on Friday for all the marbles. We saw it in 2015. Gentlemen, why is it going to be different? And I don't even necessarily mean the outcome. What do you think is different about this game, 2019, besides the obvious of Scott Frost? But in the similar situation, Nebraska backs against the wall. What do you like this weekend? What do you What are you thinking?
2: Well, the Nebraska doesn't have the added buffer of a potential five and seven bowl appearance. It's it, it might be out there, but probably not for Nebraska. That that was calling That while everybody was watching that 2015 game. There, there was a second eye focused on whatever old dominion or <laughs> whoever else was doing that weekend because nebraska was able to backdoor a bowl game you don't have that option this year that's what's different
1: yeah um i i think uh i think nebraska's offense is humming uh better than it did in some of those years against Iowa. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I feel like the O-line's in a little bit better shape than it was going into some of those games. And that's where it's pretty interesting to me because Iowa's defense, they hardly give up any explosive plays. I mean, they—they they, the number of plays they give up of, uh, of run plays of 10 yards or more, you can almost count on one hand. And uh, they're not going to let you beat them or most weeks are not going to with the, you know, 30, 40-yard play. And it feels like Nebraska is going to have to manufacture, you know, two or three or more of those uh, to pull this thing out. So that's, uh, that's an interesting uh, game within the game to me. All
0: right, let's, let's start on the offensive side of the ball for Nebraska. Brian just mentioned that Iowa has a stingy defense, particularly against the run. I feel like it's no secret that once Nebraska went back to a downhill rushing attack, with Dedrick Mills. The success they had last year was getting Devino Zigbo downhill. Their offense took off. Adrian Martinez played better. The offense looked better. People felt better about where Nebraska football was at. Again, this year, you you get after that second bye week, you get Mills to go downhill. He has a great game against a very good Wisconsin defense. He had another good game against Maryland. He could have ran for a lot more yards, but they didn't need him to. And he wasn't at 100% at that time. I think that If Mills can get downhill, if Nebraska can play this game where they can get some nice chunk yards from Mills, they have a real opportunity to win this contest. I I think that he is the key to this game for me. I don't think you can win this game without a successful rushing component to go along with everything Adrian Martinez can give you. Yes, Adrian Martinez can be a special player. Yes, he can be a frustrating player. I just think for Nebraska to win this game – they need the consistency that Mills can get downhill, get him in a second and short, make Iowa concerned about the quarterback run game and also being concerned about Mills. I really do think he is the key to this attack for Nebraska on Friday.
2: I'm actually sitting here watching highlights from the 2015 game now. Uh, I had forgotten that Mick Stoltenberger covered a punt in that game um, and, and ran with the ball a little bit. Uh, that, that was probably a, one of the highlights, but I think for Nebraska on offense, uh, your your point about the running game is important because it, Iowa is not a team where you can face third and longs and expect to have success. I think you have to have uh, you know second and short, third and short. Um, but I I also think this is a game where. Adrian Martinez is going to have to improvise a little bit. You're going to have to get the quarterback run game going. I think that's kind of the ultimate equalizer for Nebraska, especially with Wondell Robinson questionable with, uh, you know, kind of a no-out, you know, just and and not knowing what the health of that group is. So that's a key to me is can Adrian Martinez really kind of come in, play close to mistake-free, but really be a difference maker uh, for Nebraska on Friday.
1: It's going to be a battle of pace. Um, if Nebraska can, it's it's a, always a no-duh comment, but the first set of downs in every series is going to be so huge because if Nebraska can get that first, like, decent play in the first one or two snaps of every drive, where they are then playing the game um, on their terms, with their rhythm, Iowa doesn't like that. Um, that's not their style of game. And Nebraska, as we saw last year against Iowa with frost offense, when the Huskers did kind of get it rolling late, Iowa didn't have the answers then. I mean, on that last, think about the last drive, and that was one of the reasons why people were so optimistic, honestly, heading into 2019, just the rhythm that Martinez had and how they just had Iowa so off balance. And the Hawkeyes, it just wasn't a traditional in-a-box type of football game, and Nebraska thrived on it. So Nebraska's got to win the battle of pace. And then I really think this game's going to get decided by, I believe the Huskers are going to move the ball, but there's going to be points where it's basically between the 40 and 25-yard line of Iowa, and can Nebraska break through and get into the red zone and then go further than that? That, to me, is going to settle this thing because even that – it's funny we keep talking about the game four years ago, but I remember that game, Nebraska – outplayed Iowa for most of the snaps, with, uh, but lost 28-20 to 20 because they threw a bunch of picks and all that stuff. And um, that that's kind of what Iowa thrives on. They, they wait for you to make a mistake. They, they will, you know, if you want to play a 9 or 10 possession or drive possession, they're banking that eventually you're going to trip over your own feet. And that's where it's a bad matchup for Nebraska because often they do. So they're going to have to somehow avoid doing that on this one day.
0: So when you, when you look on offense and, and one of the things that Brunts I think mentioned in the, the earlier podcast this week, Nebraska's offensive line is playing better. You have AJ Espinenza on the other side for Iowa consensus first round pick. Do you think Nebraska has to commit to basically providing a double team in a lot of passing situations uh, to, to try to slow him down because it, It really feels like if Nebraska goes backwards at any point in the series, they just don't have the ability to overcome that mistake. And so I know it takes away one of your offensive weapons, but to me it seems like sort of an obvious situation where you have to double him as much as possible.
2: I I think you you have to do something. I mean, I I think it's asking a lot um, of Nebraska's Offensive tackles to stand in there and and block him one on one, especially if Nebraska's getting in obvious passing situations. Um, Whether that's, you know, Dedrick Mills staying in, whether it's, or Dedrick Mills, excuse me, having him stay in or a tight end or something, it does limit you a little bit what you're able to do offensively. Uh, At the other kind of, you know, the other thing I guess you could do is is you could kind of go a little bit more at the quick game, get the ball out quickly, but. Ah, uh, he—he's the guy you have to account for uh, if you're Nebraska, and I, I think, I, I just think if you're going to st- stand in there and try to have Farniok or Hymas block him, uh, you you might be in for kind of a long uh, Friday.
1: Yeah, and I think some of this goes to Adrian too. He's got to be decisive. I mean, he there's there have been some instances this year where, no, the O-line blocking wasn't great. But they gave him a couple beats, and he he kept it one too long. And you got to know in this game, you're not going to get away with that. That's going to be a blindside type sack, you know, fumble, and r- they're running it in for six type of play. And it's that's what Nebraska can't afford. You know, if if he if he makes a couple plays, okay, you can live with that. He's a top first and r- first round type guy. He's going to. But they can't be like game-changing, seven- to ten-point swing kind of plays. Uh, That's where I think it is going to matter the most for Nebraska.
0: Fun factoid here, J.D. Spielman has never faced Iowa. He redshirted in 2016. He was injured in 2017 and 2018. This is his opportunity against the Hawkeyes. B.C. and I were talking out in, in D.C. about the fact that Spielman's just a gamer he's a guy that shows up against Wisconsin and Ohio State he's had big moments in those contests Brunts, do you think this is a, a big opportunity for JD Spielman to showcase once again that he is a big playmaker for Nebraska's offense and he can kind of flip the field on Iowa a little bit I
2: mean w- when you look at kind of what the available weapons are for Nebraska on offense I mean I think it's a game where he has to be um you know, whether that's as a receiver, maybe you, uh, you get a DeMornay Pearson L type game against Iowa, uh, in the punt return game, uh, something like that. I mean, I, I think if, if Nebraska is going to win this thing, you're going to need some kind of lightning strike plays. And I mean, it's when you need one of those, it's usually Spielman that's made it. So, uh, especially on third down, he's going to need to come up big, but uh, having him on the field um you know in in this game is gonna be huge just because he's he's such a presence that you have to account for uh, if your eye was defense.
1: yeah, Spielman is suddenly threatening a thousand yards uh, after this last week. and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes over a hundred in this game i I would almost bet on it because uh, I think as as Brun said, he's one of the only options you got. But I do think there's gonna have to be somebody else whether it's like a Mike Williams type of guy who has that play where everybody's like, wait, did that just happen? <laughs> you know, did that, did that guy just score a 38-yard touchdown? Um, I think there might need to be something like that. And uh, a lot of times in these games, you know, when you pull off the win, uh, it does. There, there's somebody who's kind of an unsung hero uh, that plays a little bit above what they normally are. And uh, Nebraska needs maybe a couple of those on offense this week.
0: They're also probably going to need some guys on defense like that, too. Iowa is Iowa. That is not meant to be a a negative thing, but you know what you're going to get against this team. Nebraska has a history of making Iowa's rushing attack look significantly better than it is. Is that the key focal point to you guys on defense for Nebraska is they have to make Iowa be the 3.7 yards per carry team that they are and not give up giant chunk plays like they did last season and years before that?
2: I mean that that's pretty much the recipe every year they play Iowa it feels like is is you know force them into second and third and long, and then make uh make them win with the passing game, but Nebraska has always seemed to have you know three or four busts in this game defensively where Iowa has a big a big gain a big momentum type play uh just going back to that twenty fifteen game, I think there were maybe two two running plays where Iowa really gashed Nebraska that were really. Uh, the difference maker. So uh, I would imagine you're probably going to see um, some stretch plays uh, making Nebraska defend running uh, the running attack that they couldn't do against a team like Minnesota. So uh, we'll see what kind of momentum they can carry over from that Maryland win. But it's it's going to be I think on that front seven to uh, be be where they're supposed to be. And then the safeties have to be able to come up and, and really tackle soundly uh, when, when they're forced to do so.
1: I love how we've uh, dissected the 2015 game in depth in this, uh, this uh, broadcast. Um, is,
2: is that interception that Tommy threw on the screen <laughs> pass the most head-scratcher of head-scratchers of the past few years?
0: <laughs> A lot that was of people the play. blame the cup block, though. They, they say that's not Tommy's fault. That's not even the biggest head-scratcher in that game. It's a play designed to go to Stephen Carter that was wide open that he threw to Brandon (laughs) Riley that I will never get over. Whenever someone mentions Tommy Armstrong, that's what I think of. That's the kind of decision-making that Nebraska had for four years of quarterback.
1: We're going deeper now. We're in the 12-foot end. Um, Yeah, the screen screen pass would have went for a touchdown for Nebraska if they had completed it, I think. Uh, That was a missed opportunity for Nebraska football that game. But uh, as for this game... The linebackers uh, are kind of my focal point for Nebraska's defense. Uh, this is a type of game where I know Bo Barry's had an up-and-down senior year. and Some people would say more down than up and is maybe not thought of as Nebraska's best middle linebacker at this point. But you'd like a guy on his senior day like him to have kind of a special game. I think Colin Miller... Uh, needs to have a big game and be kind of a playmaker on that side of the ball. I felt like he played pretty well against Maryland. And then you know your guys like Doman. I mean Doman's kind of of a ball hawk. We haven't seen that as much lately from him. This is a sort of game where you know rip a football out, make make a pick, make that play that kind of changes things your way. And uh, it's got to come from that second and third level of this defense, which has struggled against these type of teams.
0: All right, gentlemen, it is everyone's favorite time of the podcast. We are going to make oddly specific bold predictions. I will start to give you guys some time. I think Nebraska carries over a little of that momentum from the Maryland game. I like the Huskers to be up by double digits in the first half of Friday's game. Whoa. Hmm. I
2: think, that was, was, was that your prediction for Wisconsin, too? I feel like you've...
0: No, you've, I said they'd be winning at some point in the Wisconsin game in the first gotcha, half, okay. which they were. They yes, were. I like them to be up by double digits and no one to feel comfortable about it because of Indiana, Purdue, and Colorado all sitting in their mind.
1: Okay. Brian? I think Kirk Ferentz will go for fourth downs uh, tw- twice inside Nebraska's 35-yard line. In this game, Uh, and I I say that as my prediction because I've noticed something with him in the last year and a half to two years. He's really changed. Uh, I, I know he's kind of known for punting the ball on the other team's 38. But the guy who went for that fourth down against Nebraska last year that set up the game winning field goal, he's been that guy a lot more of late. And he's kind of become a little bit of a gambler in some of those situations. So I know everybody at the Thanksgiving table make their jokes about how conservative they are. Uh, but there, I think, I think he'll take some gutsy chances, um, on their end. And Nebraska has to meet those moments and be the victorious team on those downs. Okay. I got to
0: ask what's Kirk Ferentz game
1: of choice. If he's now a gambler. (laughs) Penny slots. (laughs) Uh, I think he would go to like the five dollar blackjack table, um, you know, and and maybe occasionally uh, put put down enough, put it double down uh, like once every six or seven plays.
0: I think that Kirk Ferentz thinks gambling is when you play bingo at the church night fundraiser. So,
1: so you're going against my point. I think I think. He, <laughs> <laughs> I I've he's he's done a lot of fake stuff and he, they do they do stuff that people don't associate with Iowa football a lot more in the last two years like even the fake field goal last year against Nebraska which ended up being dumb and I thought was dumb at the time because I thought Nebraska was done dealing kicked the three there and you're up 31 13 and it's over but he went for it and he's he kind of has that in his bag. I'm not saying he won't punt once inside the 45. He probably will. But I bet you there'll be a couple cases where they do something a little different or a trick play or something like that. I'd be ready for that.
2: Bruns? So this is uh, oddly specific, yes? Yes. I will say that Nebraska will total four sacks against Iowa on Friday. I predict one from Khalil Davis, one from Ben Stilley. I will predict one from JoJo Doman, and I think you're going to see a Colin Miller sack. So I'm going to say four by those four players. No, uh, no, no multiple sack guys. Just uh, four, four guys.
1: I was hoping you'd have a two guys share a half sack.
2: <laughs> that's that's a missed opportunity. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, let's speed this along as we have breaking news that I need to get to as quickly as possible, but we need to end the podcast here. Uh, give me your score predictions, gentlemen. I'll go first. I think Nebraska wins 33-30. to 30. I think this is a higher scoring game than people might expect. I like the Huskers to hang on. It'll be a nail-biter, but they get to 6-6. Six and six.
2: Go, Browns. Uh I think that uh, Iowa will narrowly beat Nebraska – uh, I I will say 31 28 Iowa over Nebraska
1: I've talked myself into a Nebraska win I think they're they're feeling pretty good I I think this is a toss up game a lot more than some people do uh, I don't as long as they can stay even with the uh, turnovers I say Nebraska's will have have a good shot with 5 minutes left I'll say Nebraska 27 Iowa 23 All right, gentlemen, it is going to be interesting. Regardless of what
0: happens on Friday, Husker 24-7 will have all of your coverage of a potential bowl game, of a potential life without a bowl game, and all of the recruiting that will follow. Stick to Husker 24-7 for all of your Nebraska news.